It's almost hard to believe that the Christmas season is upon us, isn't it? Not only do we not have any snow yet, but literally, where did 2021 go? I feel like it just evaporated. I was actually talking to somebody this week that said it was such a long year for them. Man, not for me. Now, I must admit I'm glad it's over. <laughs> um, it wasn't a good year. But, uh, but here we are at the Christmas season again. Kevin, in his monologue, poses the question, why a baby? I mean, God could have done this any other way he wanted to, couldn't he? Jesus could have showed up as a 25 or 30-year-old, right? And he would have been kind of like the ultimate Superman, you know? <laughs> the power he had, the, he could have just showed up on the scene. But God chose this path. Why a baby? Well, I want to look actually today at the, at, at the historical argument for why Jesus came as a baby and then the theological argument of why Jesus came as a baby. So we're going to read two separate parts of passages. One is, is Isaiah 7:14. It is up here behind me. It was our memory verse this morning. It's the one that Kevin read. So let's, uh, let's read Isaiah 7:14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. And then we have, uh, I also chose Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to start in verse 9 of Luke chapter 2. Then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you a good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior is born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tight, tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. So, let's look at context first. The context of Isaiah is really kind of interesting. Um, it's a, it's a time of turmoil in Israel. I know that could be said of almost every week, right? But, but this is a time of, at, at this time in history, uh, Israel is broken into two parts. It's, you've got Israel, which is the northern kingdom, and Judah, which is the southern kingdom. And <clears throat> the king of the northern, uh, of Israel, the northern half, is in league with the king of Syria to attack Judah. This, the southern kingdom. And so that, that's kind of the, the context of what's going on when Isaiah says this. Now, I, uh, Ahaz is the king of Judah at the time. Now, Ahaz is not a, a good king. Now, his, his, his grandfather was Uzziah. His father was Jotham. They were decent kings. Ahaz is not. Ahaz is not a good king. And so Literally, the, the, the judgment of God is going to be northern Israel and, and Syria coming against Judah. That's going to be the judgment of God because Ahaz has not been a good king. And, and so in the context there, Isaiah is telling Ahaz what God is telling Isaiah. So God is telling Isaiah, Isaiah is telling Ahaz. Now, I'm sure even to Isaiah, some of this didn't make any sense. A virgin conceiving? Come on, that can happen. So I'm sure, I, I, I wonder what the, the look on Isaiah's face is when he hears this message from God. 
Now, there is one part I will point out. The, the end of verse 9 of chapter 7 in Isaiah says, If you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. Now, that's a great statement. It's a great statement for them because at the time, God is telling Ahaz through Isaiah that you've got you to you stand firm in your faith that I'm going to do something here, that, that I'm going to act. But it's a great, uh, a great message for us today, isn't it? If, we, if you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. I think that's absolutely true for us today. God is still going to act. We, we have to trust that. We have to stand firm in the faith. So then, I, I, then God tells I, Isaiah, and Isaiah tells Ahaz, there will be a sign from God. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. So notice, this is a miraculous birth, as Kevin talked about. Absolutely impossible birth. And it's said that it's going to be a sign to the people of God. Then we, we see in, uh, in Luke chapter 2, which is a little bit more uh, familiar to us, it's the birth narrative of Jesus, we say that the angel proclaims this is a sign to you. So we, we have this connection of the virgin birth. We have the connection of the sign of God. God is about to do something. So that's kind of the, the context of both of these passages. So, so why a baby? The historical argument. Why a baby? Because there is actually a historical precedence that, that's set here. Isaac was born to Sarah and Abraham. When they were both, uh, I think uh, Sarah was 90 and, and Abraham was 100. Im, uh, improbable, maybe not impossible, but improbable birth of Isaac. Manoah and his wife could not have any children. This is Judges 13. Could not have any children. Then an angel comes and says, you will have a child. They have a child, and, it become, and that child is Samson. Then we have uh, Hannah, who could not have a child, got too old to have a child, then had a child, and, and in 1 Samuel 1, it says, the Lord remembered her. And he and she named him Samuel. So we have Samson. We have Isaac, Samson, uh, Samuel. First Kings 4 tells us a, of this, a, the story of a, a couple that's too old to have kids that meet the prophet Elisha. And Elisha tells them, you will have a son. And they do. Now, what, what's significant about him is Later, that son dies in the field, and Elisha comes back and raises him from the dead. See, every time God has, is doing something miraculous, it's through the birth of a son. John the Baptist was born to Zechariah and Elizabeth when they were too old to have kids. And then Jesus is born to a virgin. Jesus is not the first miraculous birth. But you can see the historical precedent set. When God's going to do something big, this is how he does it. And in this case, it's an impossibility. A virgin, someone who's never had sex before, having a child. Impossible. But that's how Jesus is born. And, and 
why did it have to be born? Why did he have to be born to a virgin? Well, that's part of the theological argument of why a baby. He he is born a baby because God said that's what it would be to fulfill prophecy. Not I, I want you to understand when I say to fulfill prophecy, Jesus wasn't born because Isaiah said it. He was born because God told Isaiah that's how he was going to do it. He fulfilled prophecy by being born to a virgin. And, and, I'll, and I'll say again, imagine the look on Isaiah's face when God tells him, the virgin will conceive. What? I mean, Isaiah's not a scientist, but I'm betting he knows how babies work. He had a few, so, so I, he had some sons, so I think he knows... So this was, was just the impossible. God decided to do it in an impossible way. And so, so he fulfills prophecy. He did it the way God, God did it the way God said he was going to do it. And that's important because how are we going to trust that God's, God accepts the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross or that he resurrected Jesus from the dead? How are we going to trust anything else? We can't trust this. We can't trust that God will do what he says he's going to do in the way he says he's going to do it. He told Isaiah, a virgin will conceive, and that's how it was done. So theologically, it's important because it tells us who God is and what he's going to do. He is the original promise keeper. He is the one who does what he says. Now, the virgin birth also show, shows us the deity of Jesus. If he was born any other way, then he would be just like us. If he was born to a human mother and father, he would be exactly like we are. As a matter of fact, we, he'd, we'd have a problem because uh, Romans 5 tells us that, that we have a sin nature that is passed down from Adam. That every, everyone born since Adam has this passed down from Adam, this sin nature. And we know what our sin nature is. It's the part of you that wants to sin even though you know you shouldn't. That, that part right there. That's the part that Jesus did not have because he was, half, he was God and man. He was, he was fully God. Because his father was actually the Holy Spirit, as it tells us in Scripture. So theologically, in order to be sinless, in order to be uh, fully God and fully man, he had to be born this way. He had to, be, he had to be, have God as his biological father and a woman as his biological mother. So he had to be born this way. He had to be born to a virgin because... It shows his deity, but it also shows his humanity. He needed to be enough like us that he could know what we go through. We would not accept God telling us how to live our life if he hadn't ever been here, right? I mean, would, would you go to a marriage counselor that's been divorced four times? You, you, you think, no, you don't know how to li live this. So I'm not going to listen to you. That's, that's how we'd feel about God. 
Jesus came as human so that he would feel exactly like we feel. The humanity of Jesus is critical. And it's also critical to our salvation. Think back through the history. How has redemption always worked? When, when God wanted the, his, his people out of Egypt, the Israelites out of Egypt, he sent an Israelite, one of the clan. The book of Ruth tells us Boaz was part of the family, one of the clan. Only part of the clan or the family can redeem. So Jesus had to be human to redeem humans. He had to be like us, part of the family, part of the clan, in order to redeem us. So we see the deity of Jesus, we see the humanity of Jesus. And again, it guarantees the sinlessness of Jesus because he does not have the sin nature that each of us have. And he had to be sinless because if he was born with the same sin nature we have, then when he died on the cross, he only died for his own sin. But because he did not have sin, because he was not born with the sin nature we have, he can die for our sin. He can be the perfect sacrifice. So theologically, it's critical that Jesus is born to a virgin with, with, a, with Father, God being the Father. So again, the theological argument is simple. Had to be human in order to redeem humans. Had to be God to be sinless. Had to not inherit the sin nature had to be fully God and fully man in order to save us and know what we go through. It all just had to be. So when Isaiah is told by God 700 years earlier, this is how he's going to do it, Isaiah just faithfully repeats that to Ahaz. <laughs> Probably not understanding it himself, but he just faithfully repeats it to Ahaz and says, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. And it will be a sign to you. And it is a sign to us still today. We still talk about the virgin birth. You hear more about it in December than any other time of the year, certainly. And it's one of the things that, that, that even folks that don't come to church at least have heard right? The virgin birth. You know, if you think about Nazareth being a fairly small place, when Jesus is growing up, don't you think all of Nazareth had heard this story? I'm sure they had. I'm sure all of Nazareth knew this is the kid they say was born of a virgin. Now, whether they believed it or not, that's, that's, what, they, that, that's what they'd heard. They, they, they knew they'd heard this before. I think that's important. And the reason I think that is important is because, well, so why a baby? Why, why a baby then? Because had Jesus come at 25 or 30 and stood there and said, my father is God, I was, I was uh, uh, just sent from heaven today, and I'm your Savior, would you have believed him? I don't think we would. I, don't, I think it took a miraculous birth for us to have a sign. 
for us to understand who Jesus is. I don't think we would have trusted someone who just came in at 25 or 30 years old and said, I'm it. And if somebody came today and said, I'm the Messiah, what would you think? No. I think it needed to be a baby. I think he had to come as a baby. And I think he had to come to a virgin with God as his father in order to be everything we needed him to be. We see the historical precedent. We see uh, miraculous babies born, and then the impossible happen. So we see the whole story and understand, historically, it needed to be a baby. And theologically, he needed to come as a baby. And I think there's one other part of, uh, of coming as a baby, and especially the way he came to a, to a, a f- probably 14-year-old girl, 14-year-old virgin, born in a stable, placed in a manger, announced by angels to shepherds who are one of the lowest in social stature. What does that give us? Him coming in humility like that, helpless baby to a teenage girl in a stable and manger announced to the last people on earth you would expect it to be announced to. He comes in that kind of humility to point out our pride. He comes in that kind of humility to show us he came to save everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your social status is, economic status. It doesn't matter because he came as lowly to save all who would come to him. That's why he had to come as a baby. That's what Christmas is about. It is the birth of hope. It's a sign for us so that we know this is the the Messiah. This is the Christ. This is who we have been waiting for. This is who saves. A miraculous, impossible birth. The birth of hope, the birth of love, the birth of grace. Because we needed it. Why did Jesus come as a baby? Because we needed him to. We required it. We would not believe any other way. We needed him to come in historical precedent. in, in, In following the great moves of God through miraculous births. And we needed him to be sinless, fully God and fully man. This is the way. God's plan was perfect. It always is. His plan was perfect. I think what's important for us this morning is, is Jesus born in you? Is he born in you? Do you know that he came as a baby that we celebrate this time of year He came to save you, not not to die for sin, to die in your place for your sin. Do you know that Jesus came for you? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and consider the question. There's no more important question than this one. Do you know Jesus as Savior and Lord? Is he born again in you? Because he can be. It's a simple prayer. 
you can just follow along in your own words and say, God, I, I know I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came to save me. Not just to die for sin as a concept, but to die in my place for my sin. I trust that he died in my place and saves me. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And give me the life he, he was resurrected to give me. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, let somebody know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. Come and let me know. Maybe you know Christ. Is that what this season is about to you? Can you commit to keeping this time of year, this Christmas season, about him and not about you? Father, that is our prayer. Give us the strength to have this season be about Jesus, not us. Not the decorations, not the family, not the dinners, not the parties, not just Jesus. Keep us focused on Jesus. We thank you for this time of year. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.